Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. And welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. I am your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by for this latest chat with friends. You may have heard a lot from me this past week. I've had a very, very busy week uh, talking about different cultural aspects to Euro games and abstract puzzle games earlier in the week. Yesterday, if you tuned into the feed or my channel, uh, I did a whole video kind of explaining cultural consultancy, clearing up misconceptions, all that kind of thing. We're moving the conversation forward today, and this is the spirit in which this man is appearing on my podcast. Uh, he is the designer of the number one game and board game geek uh, that is a multi-award winning. <laughs> I know he loves when I talk about that. Uh, and the designer of the upcoming very, very big and anticipated game Frosthaven, which we'll get into all about today. He is Isaac Childress. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So like I said, the spirit of this this conversation is continuing the conversation, a conversation which started a week ago as we were recording this somewhere around there. Yeah. Yep. Last Friday. Last Friday, which is you. I think you do updates uh, every other Friday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for the last week's Friday update. Uh, Isaac decided to kind of change course a little bit. Usually it's a lot about mechanisms and scenario design and all that kind of thing. This time it was about narrative. And the title of the blog, Update 80, was Getting the Narrative Right. So if you listen to this channel, we've had a lot to say, but we'll kind of go over the ground just in case people are uh, tuning in for the first time. Uh, so if I can, you know, let's just start off. Let's say some no, let's say somebody has is just tuning in. This is their first episode. Uh, let's start with update number 80 and what you tried to accomplish with update number 80. Sure, yeah, so um, yeah, the point of update number 80 and yeah, the reason I put it out was, um, you know, cause well, yeah, <laughs> you know, cause a lot of people will question like, oh, why did you put it out? You're just like trying to get a pat on the back or whatever. Um, but yeah, like the reason that I, I posted that cause I thought I was, it was just an important conversation to have. And in some senses it was bigger than Frosthaven. Um, I mean, I did kind of have an agenda for putting it out just in the sense that like, I felt like we as a community should be talking about it. And um, it was an important aspect of, of Frosthaven that, that we were working on at the moment. So um, I felt like it was appropriate to also talk about, talk about it in that space of, of the updates. Um, but yeah, the update was about cultural consultancy, um, hiring on a cultural consultant to go through our narrative, which is huge. I mean, there's a lot of narrative to go through. It's a lot of, it's a lot of um, years, man. This is what, 20, when did you start working on Gloomhaven? 20, like early 2010s. I know that. Um, yeah, Gloomhaven, I started working on it, I guess in 2015, like the start of mm -hmm. 2015. So, so we're so talking yeah. six years of narrative and then, uh, I mean, all of the different scenarios and the different races and different other people com uh, contributing. Uh, you had expansions that were designed by whole other people that brought lore in. And so we're, it's a lot of stuff that we're going over. Yeah. Now we're branching off into comic books and other things. And so video so, game. Yeah. yeah. Video game. Um, and so, so initially like, you know, the, 
the project is to just you know work work on the narrative of Frosthaven because that's obviously like what's important right now and that's what's coming out. Um, but yeah, once that's done, yeah, we also want to go back um, to other things. It's funny, like you know, I I just uh, watched your your video where you're talking about Frosthaven um, by Which yourself. Which was done and, independent, and by the way. Uh, Isaac did not ask me to do that video. I was not uh, yeah. conversating anyway. It's just the conversation <laughs> that I enjoy having. So uh, you know, uh, Isaac and I speak on some level. So I, this is just from me. So uh, Isaac, I, I'm actually curious as to what Isaac thought, but you can go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, you, you had mentioned um, the, the website, you know, where it sort of gives you a description of all the races and I had totally forgotten that was up there. So you had mentioned that and read it and I was like, oh gosh, we need to change that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's this, all this, all this lore and information in all these different places um, that yeah, we'd like to go back and, and revise and make sure, you know, that we get right. Um, yeah, with the idea of, uh, I mean, the way I like to phrase it is, is just like not causing harm with the narrative. And that's kind of like a broad way to look at it. But, you know, it's just like we're not, um, <clears throat> you know, perpetuating these stereotypes that exist in our real world of, of how these you know, I guess racial essentialism is an important part of that. You know, where the, these here are these races, um, you know, or whatever you call it, want to call them species, um, and they have these specific traits. Like all of all of this type of species, like has this trait everywhere. No matter where they're born, no matter what their story is, no matter who raised them, they could have been kidnapped by uh, you know humans and raised in a, in a wizard tower. Uh, the you know the Enochs are going to have some sort of intelligence block, and it doesn't matter, right? It just that's what racial essentialism is. And I went over yeah. all that in the video, and it seems like we're on the same page there. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so that, that's part of it. Um, you know, just kind of fixing the the races and and just making like all of their cultures more interesting, right? Cause that's part of the process. You know, if you can't say like all Inox are, are stubborn, uh, you know, and, and stupid or whatever, like you have to actually go in and, and, you know, flesh out what their actual culture is. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of the process as well. So like, it's not just, you know, doing the work of not causing harm, but it's also going through and, and enriching the the narrative and enriching the story as well. Um, and then also like part of not causing harm is just like not using harmful terms that have just like a lot of baggage in the real world, you know, just like words like savage and, um, you know, stuff like that where they're just like, you know, it, it's been used so often in our real world to, to put down, uh, you know, a specific culture um, that just when it's used, even in a fantasy setting, like that still is, is, can, can trigger things in people and cause harm, um, you know, because they have, uh, experience with that word in, in the real world. And so, you know, there's just, there are always like other synonyms to use that are very easy to just do like a find and replace on. And so, but that's part of the process as well. Yeah. Uh, so not going to get into too much because, and, and I want to move past the blog, right? I mean, I did a whole video on it. You've talked about it a lot. You released a statement on Twitter. Um, 
yeah. addressing a certain particular type of it. And I'll just leave that statement for Twitter in terms of people who are felt a little, uh, some type of way about the way with blog was written. That statement is on Twitter and also address that in the video. So we're gonna, just going to put that aside for now. Um, what I would like to know from you is, I mean, I think people wonder about motivation, like, like why now, why are you doing this? Um, I think there's this idea that, like you said before, like you put out the video to get a pat on the back, you know, yeah. or like uh, people hire cultural consultants in order to kind of like satisfy the SJW crowd. Uh, you know, yeah. my, my poor friend Mendez being called a grifter and you know, why are you paying for yeah. everything? Uh, you know, stuff that I clearly don't agree with, but there's the, I think the behind all that is this kind of like questioning of the motivation. Like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want to, or are you doing this because you feel like you have to? Um, well, yeah, I'm doing it because I want to. 100%. Um, there's no force. There's no pleasing. There, like, you can say that to all the Gloomhaven fans. I'm doing this because I want to do this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important in uh, in the game design process, you know, in the process of, of producing this thing to... Um, so yeah, just make sure that your audience is is going to be happy with it and is not going to get be harmed by it, like unintentionally. Otherwise, you know, by something that I did, some because just because I was ignorant, right? I mean, like I don't I don't know every everything. I don't know, um, you know, all the ways in which I can harm people through my language, um, and and that's why you hire a professional, um, and. I, yeah, I, I really can't like stress this enough, right? That, like Mendez is a professional, <laughs> you know, it's like people talk about how, well, he's got his own biases and whatnot, but it's like, yeah, we all have our own biases, but like his job is to do this, is to look at these, at these narratives and identify, you know, what's going to cause harm. And like, that's his job. I mean, just like if I were, you know, a journalist, you know, I'm, I'll have my own biases, but like when I sit down and write a news story, ideally like those biases aren't going to come out. Um, so anyway, that was, yeah, that was just, that's one of the things that like kind of rankles me. Um, and, and when I see some comments about that um, and also just, yeah, the idea that like he's a grifter, right. And it's like, well, he only gets paid if he finds problems. It's like, well, you could say the same about an editor. So are you like asking me not to hire an editor either? <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, um, right. yeah, that's a little weird, yeah. but anyway, but the idea being that you're not doing this out of any sense of pressure or social pressure, desire to please a constituency, like in your heart, you really feel like this is the best direction for your work of art. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think the, so two things that the people want to know, right. And the things I can't answer because I, and, and to be, you know, totally transparent, I have not received any monetary compensation. I'm, you know, doing this because I'm interested in we, you know, our, our interests realign. Um, so I don't know, I don't, I'm not at connected to the Frosthaven uh, project. So I actually know, don't know the answer to these two particular questions. And I think these are the things that people want to know. Uh, simple one first. Um, I saw, I read the, I went, I put on my hazmat suit and I went in the comments. Of the blog. <laughs> uh, one thing I did notice though, was like, okay, will this affect fulfillment? Will this affect when I get my game? Are you, is this like, are you re-engineering the game to, you know, and will that delay things because things have already been delayed enough because of COVID because of different, uh, different reasons. So, you know, what can you tell the people on, on that level? Sure. 
yeah and yeah i i tried to like mention this in the update but you know the update was long and i think it kind of got a little lost for a lot of people um and that's understandable so um essentially like there is quite a bit um left to do with the game uh, mostly in terms of like graphical stuff you know so there's a lot of graphic design um and also just like an editing process that needs to happen as well um and so there are these things that yeah are still ongoing um and you know if you're talking about somebody coming in and also it i mean also like essentially going through his own editing process right like reading through the narrative identifying problems and and then we sort of collaboratively fix them um that's something that can happen in parallel you know it's not like we have to put all this other stuff on hold right. while we do this. It's not like the printer was like this with the button pressing send. Right. It's like, wait, 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 we have to do everything. It, it, there's still a lot that has to be done. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, when we're all getting close to finishing that, but I mean, we're also uh, getting close to like finishing with the cultural consulting process as well. Um, so, so yeah, because I mean, this has been ongoing for the past month or two now. Um, and, you know, like I described before, right? You know, I mean, he's, he's going through, he's, he's identifying problems, we're fixing them. It's not like completely overhauling the narrative, right? It's not like we have to rewrite everything that's already been written. It's just an editing process. We go through and we make small changes here and there and that mostly fixes everything. I mean, you might have to do some heavier rewrites in some sections, but it's, it's, it's not a lot of work. It's actually um, pretty helpful to think of it as cultural editing. You know, editing yeah. never really delays things a million years unless it's broken. And Frost, like Gloomhaven slash Frosthaven is not broken narratively. Is that fair? Right. No, no, it's not. Okay. And then the, uh, the next one is, um, will Gloomhaven, well, well, Frosthaven, I keep on confusing the two. I, I don't, do you do that? Do you, do you confuse your babies? <laughs> uh, no, not so much. I mean, yeah, Frosthaven is so prominent at this point mm. like it's just dominated my brain for so long i sometimes i forget about my other baby but <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's grown <laughs> yeah he's uh, or she i don't even know if it's he or she but out in the world uh <laughs> anyway so okay so frost haven will frost haven still be cool <laughs> so i mean in the sense that like okay you, you say the word safe and a lot of people made this point it's like it's a violent game you know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about some, you know, you have gnarly moral choices. Um, you have situations where you have to like make real sacrifice and, you know, you might even have to kill an innocent person. You have to kill, you know, make a judgment call about somebody on the road and hack them down. And so like, it sounds weird to people to think of like making a violent game safe. So yeah. does the process of safety mean that frosting will be less violent? Uh, yeah, the simple answer is no. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, yeah, just important to focus on like what a player is, is opting into, right. When they sit down and play the game, you know, this is, this is a dungeon crawler. We've all got weapons. These are all the monsters. The goal is like, you know, go through this dungeon, kill all these things. And that's kind of like the very, you know, high level premise that if you're, if, if somebody says, you know, do you want to play Gloomhaven or Frosthaven? Uh, there, I guess I confused. <laughs> I, I, I take responsibility for that. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> the, you know, this is what it's about. Like that's what they're going to get. And that's where they're going to sit down and play. Um, and so, 
so yeah, there and there's a certain crowd that doesn't like that, right? That is that is never going to get into, um, you know, that level of violence. Um, you know, it might be because you know for for any number of reasons. Yeah. So so you're going to sit down and you're going to play that, um, and 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 you understand the you know the the parameters of the of the world you're in. You're, you're there to kill things, um, and yeah, and that's that's absolutely not going to change. And there's still going to be like difficult moral decisions that you need to make through the event cards and all the scenarios and things like that, you know, branching paths, you know, you can deal with these threats um, to, to Frosthaven in different ways, um, depending on your choices and, and all that's great, but it's just, yeah, this process specifically is about, you know, when you're, when you've opted into this and you sit down and play it, um, you know, you don't want to suddenly get blindsided by you know looking at the back of your character mat and it's saying this this race is animalistic and savage and um and you know it, but also you know but, but there's some sort of connotations like you know these this real race or you know what i'm saying like this real culture that um that's just gonna like take you out of the game right and just like right. blindside you and like you know i i, I didn't opt into this like uh, I gave an example in my video about vermlings, right? Yeah. And so vermlings, for me as a Puerto Rican person who resonates with native cultures, because that's kind of we I, I trace roots there. Vermlings are very obviously drawn from native kind of uh, cultures and stereotypes. Then it's like, okay, now it's like, wow, great! I can play something that resonates with my culture, but they're animalistic and savage. And if I play one, then I'm playing like an exception to a, a rule. And, you know, some people won't care. And, and there's a lot of people that will miss that entirely. And Isaac, right? You missed it entirely. It's like, mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's I fine. Do. That that is, that's what, that's what multiple eyes are for really yeah. is. So then being, being just aware of that. And so like, if you think about it, okay, you know, the, the front of your mat won't change. The map won't change. Maybe stuff on the back of the mat will be altered, but nothing on the front of the mat, your cards, your gear, yeah, the the little blood spatters that appear on the little <laughs> on the map tiles and everything <laughs> yeah that'll all be there yeah and also you know it's just important to emphasize like the the back of your mat will be better like it'll be changed but it'll be better you know it'll give you a, a clear concept of of what this group of people is and what they do um and, and why it's important and like why it's important to the game um you know without using any sort of like racial essentialism shortcuts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, so that's, you know, that's kind of high level stuff. And I think that kind of is where the blog ends. Right. And so now let's move forward. Let's let, cause I know you have further updates and I know you want to like use those further updates to kind of drill down a little bit more on what you're doing and what you're thinking. So, you know, I, I have to be careful with designers, people uh, uh, publishers, you keep <laughs> things close to the chest. You don't want to reveal too much. But I guess yeah. like use this opportunity uh, as much as you can to get like, what are, what are we thinking here? What, like, tell me a little bit more about which races you're thinking of. Uh, what's something that's having, that's like maybe getting you really excited, you know, oh, wow, the cultural consultant gave me this idea. We're going to move forward here so that we can explore something and just try to you know, really fill in what you're doing. Yeah. So for instance, you know, the, the Inox um, are also kind of a, a, a species that in, in Gloomhaven um, very much like hewed closely to, um, you know, like native cultures. Um, also, you know, we're, yeah, we're just, you know, these are the, 
these are the, the primitive races that live in the forests. And the, if you encounter them, they'll, you know, they'll murder you and all your children or whatever. Um, and so, you know, it's definitely something we wanted to, to pull back away from, or, you know, at least like establish that, you know, that group of people like still has a culture. Um, and yeah, right. maybe that culture includes like killing all intruders. Um, but also the fact that like, you know, not all Inox are like that, that there's different cultures um, within this, within this group. Um, but anyway, so. I, mean, I think like that's a good way to think about the changes. So like the way I put it in my video was there's, we're not going to get rid of racial hatred. Like I, right. if, if someone wants to, if someone wants to play, I hate all whoever, then you can go right ahead and play that. As a matter of fact, that kind of brings resonance to the world and just you, you have fun, but like it's, in the, in the old Gloomhaven mind from that person was right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hate Vermilies because Vermilies are this. Well, that person was right because that Vermilies really are this, except for those exceptions. Yeah. And now we're complicating that, or, or at least the, the the fiction is complicating that, where it's like if someone says all you know, Inox are blank, it's like, well, they might be right, but they're, here's, here's a... Uh, here's a group of exceptions. Here is a whole society. Here are laws. Like, I mean, just to kind of drill down on the Native American thing, like we talk about, you know, the Iroquois. Uh, now, not very well known that like our constitution was partly stemmed from a constitution made by the Iroquois and, you know, a couple mm. of centuries earlier. They had democracy. They had meetings. They had, they had laws. And, you know, and, and it was a very kind of like stable society. They weren't savages. That's a terrible name for that. Uh, and that's how it would, they were seen. But, you know, you look at the Iroquois yeah. society, you look at the tribes down in the um, the South before they were displaced. They had government. They had culture. They had songs. They had, you know, uh, rights of passage. I remember, I think I uh, saw something about like different rights of passage and everything. Uh, things that real societies have. And they could be nasty <laughs> as long as they have these kind of elements that, you know, flesh out the picture. Yeah, definitely. So a little bit more about uh, so the Inox. Um, what, what were some of the things? Because I, as I know, because uh, they they hew a little bit close to orcs, and I know that's very close to Menes's heart. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> putting a little bit more flavor into that. So, uh, is there something that was pretty a, a little change that you know was got got you a little bit excited? Um, yeah, yeah. So just like working on the back of the character mat for the the Drifter, um, which is the the Inox class in in Frosthaven. Um, and and even like before we brought Mendez on, you know, I kind of still I was kind of like trying to do my own cultural consulting, just like going through text and making sure, you know, things weren't like super offensive. But I I, I still didn't like fully understand the concepts, um, you know, until we started talking to him. But um, but so so yeah, like this is even after like my passive um of trying to make it better but it still starts off with like inox are proud and stubborn um and and obviously that's just like what we've already talked about you know mm -hmm. racial essentialism um and so um yeah we wanted to move away from that um and so what and, is yeah. the drifter like tell us a little bit about because the drifter automatically when i hear that name like i don't know the mechanism I maybe you could share a little bit about that but like the name just sounds yeah, like was... i am leaving my culture and like i'm kind of like going off and being an individual maybe it is a rite of passage or maybe it is just like seeking something else yeah and i guess that was that was probably the coolest part the most exciting part about this process so that's probably the part i should uh just talk about instead of like going through like a, a bullet point list sure. but uh <laughs> but yeah essentially like um 
the and the, the the drifter itself like that name like wasn't even the first name that we had assigned that class like it was originally called the juggernaut um but it it just didn't feel like juggernauty enough you know like he wasn't like running through walls you know with a steel helmet and whatnot um and so we kind of i kind of you know i wanted to there was like the survivalist vibe to him um so we eventually settled on the name drifter instead um, but it was always, yeah, just like some, a name that I just kind of like tacked on and didn't really think about too much. Um, but then in the cultural consulting process, you know, James like highlights this. Um, and, you know, he's like, why, why is this guy called the drifter? Like the exact same question you just asked. Like what's, what, what makes him a drifter? Like why, like what makes an Inox drifter different from like a human drifter? Um, and just like asking those questions, you know, forces you to, to start to think about it and like, you know, go deeper into the lore and like go deeper into that culture and like, okay, well, like what, you know, what would be um, the reasons like why an Inox would, would leave his, his um, you know, leave his village or, or leave his nation behind and, and go work on his own. Um, and so we ended up like developing this whole um, backstory um, or like this, you know, this cultural touchstone for for um, the Inox clans of uh, the Great Grove, which is kind of this big forest in sort of the middle of the continent, um, where like it's practice, it's a, a practice of theirs to kind of like send off their young warriors, to, like you know, just go off um, into the wilderness by yourself um, for a year and and just like do your thing and like you know find out like what you're passionate about. Um, and, you know, so, and some of them will return, you know, stronger and like know, knowing what they want to do with their lives and how they want to help their village. Some will, you know, end up um, going off into, you know, human towns um, and just like more adopting more of like the human city life um, and, you know, just taking jobs through that. And then others will kind of just like fall in love with the wilderness and just like, you know, just be in the wilderness by themselves. And like, that's, that's what they want to do. And so those are the, the Inox who become the drifters. Mm. Um, and so that whole, that whole element, all those elements of lore were sort of developed by this process of just like, you know, just Mendez asking like a simple question of just like, what, what makes an Inox drifter different from a human drifter? So I think that was, that was a really cool process. Were there instances where changes in the back of the mat did change what was on the front of the mat? Were there instances where the lore changes actually influence mechanisms where it's like, let me go back and redesign this, rethink this, uh, make it cooler or kind of tweak it. W was that a, a thing or is or are the mechanisms at this point fairly set? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, the only thing, there was, there was almost a change. <laughs> um, but You hear that people? It's not changing. <laughs> <laughs> the mechanisms are fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's very well, it was just one of the scenarios. I was, I was, because uh, I don't, I, I can't really go into specifics because right. you know it's, it's, and and like what you were doing, like the path you were going on was like, I don't know, made me like a little uneasy. It kind of like bordered on genocide in a way that was kind of uncomfortable, and I thought that like you know, so we eventually changed the narrative around that um just yeah just because it, it wasn't it wasn't comfortable for me but 
Uh, and I thought like changing the narrative might ha might end up leading to like kind of adjusting the mechanics of one of the specific scenarios like in that quest line. But the, the way that I had changed the narrative ended up that not needing to happen. So like, yeah, all the, no, nothing actually changed, but like it almost changed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like, oh, so I'm still theme first. It's like, oh man, I love when that happens. But I think a lot of people back with the sense that they're going to get a, a, a gnarly mechanical hand management experience. And they're still like that. You're still getting that people. That's, that's kind of the, maybe the most reassuring thing that uh, someone out there could hear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So I guess we can start to ask some kind of bigger picture questions. Uh, and I'm curious about this. So let's, we can, let's turn away from Frost Haven just for that. Unless you have another uh, thing that you want to bring up about Frost Haven. Uh, is there anything that we, that you want to talk about that we missed or are we good? Oh yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Uh, so then I remember, okay. So you have Gloomhaven, right? And then you had, I think you announced Frost Haven and Jaws of the Lion at the same con. Is that is that fair? Uh, it was a little bit apart. Uh, yeah, I announced Jaws of the Lion at Shucks, which was like in September, October. And then I announced um, Frost Haven at PAX, which was in December. Right. The PAX so was like that was at. Apart. Everybody was wearing the stupid horns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stupid paper horns that are like Burger King crowns. It was like, oh, man, you yeah. got to be kidding me. <laughs> So it was very, very close, right? Because I remember, you know, um, there was a lot of excitement for Jaws and everything. Uh, Jaws hit, I mean, again, big success. And, you know, you know, definitely kudos to you. Uh, but, you know, I think at, at one point, you know, now it's up for awards. And, like, there are certain, you know, uh, mm. places where it didn't quite get the recognition because of backwards compatibility, right? They integrate, yeah. they, they come together and it's like, they're kind of the same system. Am I really getting something different? So, you know, I, I you know, disqualify for an award. And so, and you had a tweet about that. You were very torn. Yeah. So yeah, you were very torn. So that Twitter rant. Okay. <laughs> 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 we don't have to, but it's like, I, I was very oh, yeah, interested we can in talk that. about it. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just like post things on Twitter because it's what I'm thinking about. Like, the, the last thing I wanted to do like with, with that, with that series of tweets was like, I don't know, make it think like I was making a big deal about it. Like I was just, it was just something I was thinking about, like, oh, this is interesting. You know, they're like, what, what exactly delineates like a new product from, you know, just an expansion or a, a reimagining of an existing product, you know? And so that, that, that like line and where that line was, was, was just kind of interesting to me. And that's kind of what I was getting at with, with the tweets. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, where I, we did it, we, we, you know, we did a top 100 and we had to figure out people had voted for the, both of them. I will admit I put them together because a, you know, when you put, when you separate them out, they tend to kind of steal votes from each other. So it's sure. like, all right, yeah, I'll just throw them together. Uh, but also, you know, the, it is the backwards compatibility issues. Like I, I can take my, you know, my, um, Vermling mind thief and I can put them you could slap them in this other uh, product and whatever yeah. um so that's one that's one way of cutting the the, the slice that is not the only way right because that's just a that's just a product decision that you made to like I want to I want everybody to play in the same system <laughs> so I'm gonna make that happen yeah. um another yeah, way just so yeah if you if you've got gloomhaven like there's still a reason to go get this new product mm -hmm. you know because you can yeah move things back and forth between them which I think is interesting Mm -hmm. So then that becomes a thing that where people cleave it. Another one is it's almost like a, a um, 
kind of a value judgment of like, okay, how much new work went into this? Yeah. Right. So like, it's almost like people like that are on these award shows or do whatever, they kind of like look at a product and say, okay, so pandemic legacy is clearly like a year and a half of work extra to get this thing, even though it's built on basic pandemic. Right. Uh, so pandemic legacy, here you go, have, you know, more you know recognition for its own thing. Jaws of the Lion, it's like, okay, you know, work kind of the same. If I know if I know how to play Gloomhaven, I can play Jaws of the Lion very, very easily. Eh, how much extra work could have really gone into this? So was that part of the kind of agita? Did, did you feel like, you know, by people excluding Jaws of the Lion with some certain awards, it was like a recognition that, you know, maybe you didn't work that hard on it or like, you know, you, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, did you feel that a little bit? Yeah, maybe. It might have been part of it. And I think, um, yeah, it's just my company has has grown so much like since we put Gloomhaven out, um, and and yeah, Jaws of the Lion was like a, a labor of love, like not just for me but for everyone else involved, um, and and I, that was that was a large part of what it was about it was just like yeah all these people like put a lot of effort into this and yeah you know and the yes the the mechanical system was the same um but pretty much everything outside of that was was completely new and you know it was just it was it was a lot of work like you know taking this other game and and distilling it down, like everything that was good about it into hmm. this smaller product. Oh, that's so uh, fascinating. Like the, the work, it was a lot of work, but the work was editing almost. The work was like like unworking, so to speak, and getting it down to a smaller package. That's interesting. Yeah, that was some of it. And then also like just a lot of effort went into, um, you know, into that how to play book and those first five scenarios and just how to like perfectly on board, you know, somebody who's who's not familiar with this type of game at all, um, you know, to put them through a series of scenarios and, and get them to the point where they're like comfortable playing Gloomhaven, which is not, you know, it's a, it's a complicated game. It's not easy to play. And, and so that was a big part of it as well. Um, yeah, just a lot of work going into that. And I, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I felt, it was all, all the work that was was put into it was was worthy of recognition. But I, I also like understand that other people have other opinions, and and they're the ones making the awards, and that's that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just, yeah, just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> there was nothing you, you weren't advocating for anything. You're just kind of like oh, I, got, I got some feels over here, and we should encourage that. We should encourage people who have the feels to. <laughs> Just work it out process and it's all good at the end of the day, right? Yeah. It's all good. And so Frosthaven, could that could that encounter some of the same issues? Um, I don't I don't think it will. Um because I mean, yes, again, like the mechanical system is the same. Um, but there's also like a lot more on top of it. You know, the the, the in-between scenario aspects of the game are are significantly enhanced mm -hmm. um to the point where like yeah i don't think you could point at gloomhaven and frosthaven and say they're the same game um and then i mean obviously you know like i was telling you before you know it's it's, 
it's been like so much more work than than Jaws of the Lion was as well. Like you know, the past. I mean, we've been working on it like consistently for like the last year and a half, but like I've also been working on it, you know, essentially like for the last four years in one way or the other. Um, and and it, it will show in just the amount of content and the amount of, yeah, just like new stuff uh, in the box. Like, yeah, that was the I, don't, big I don't thing think anybody could say excited. it's the same product. I remember when I was at that PAX, that was the thing that got people excited was like the the extra stuff, like the town building and the crafting and like, are you happy with where that's at? Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I hope I would be, <laughs> given that yeah, that's it's all pretty much set in stone at this point. And, and yeah, that's just, all set in stone. Again, like doing doing graphical stuff to to finish it up. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm very happy with with where everything is at. Um, like, I think it's gonna be really cool. Um, yeah, that, that, like I said, like that in between scenario stuff, like is going to be more involved. And I think, I don't know, there may be like some crowd who sees that as like a detriment, you know, like, cause they just want to do the dungeon crawl. They just want to go from one dungeon crawl to the next. Um, but I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, uh, in between scenarios now. And so I think overall, like it's definitely going to be an improvement. You already had that, people. <laughs> you already had it. <laughs> give me our, give us our fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, I can't stand asking this question, but that's the question that's on the mind. Uh, do you do you know what I'm going to ask? But I know that people want to know it. They, what do people want to know more than anything else? What's well, probably the question you get more than anything else about this product? When am I going to get it? Yeah. When am I going to get it? Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to it's just i don't know if you have any kind of like uh, a thing well so have. so yeah i mean we are gonna address this more in uh, the okay. the next update so the update that's coming in a week cool um but yeah i mean f from the last update where we talked about you know the timeline i don't think it's been pushed back considerably um and i think i think um yeah i think it our our timeline of getting it out to people um in the october november time frame uh is still reasonable um i mean that's also dependent on other issues that we don't really have control of you know like the just the shipping situation just across the world is kind of a nightmare right now and we're just kind of hoping that it improves by the time we're actually shipping um, but we'll see whether that happens or not. It's like everything is backed up. There's not enough containers anywhere. It's it's a whole thing. Um, but but yeah. So I mean, ideally at this point, like yeah, we're still still shooting for the October November timeframe, and uh, yeah, that's that's ideally when people will get it. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Celebrate. Can't wait. Can't and wait. marvel at the gigantic size of the box. Is it how much the, bigger is it than than the Gloomhaven box? Um, we're let's see. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Like you know, it's so it's the same like length and width, um, but it's going to be deeper. Uh, mm. And I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head like how much deeper, but you know, I don't know. Probably at least a couple inches. <laughs> I remember it was a big thing where people would like take pictures with their pets inside the yeah, box. In the box yeah. so like am i gonna get a bigger pet 
to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, like I said, like the length and width are still the same. So, okay. um, so yeah, you still have probably have difficulty fitting a, a bigger pet in there, but a, a taller pet you could still fit in. There you go. All right. So this was Isaac Childress. This was uh, the, we're continuing conversations, right? And that, that's again, I'll I'll end where I began, which is that this is the spirit of this uh, episode. There's there's no like conclusion. There's no beginning to it. No end to it. It is uh, very open. You know, the, the, Isaac answers his email. Like, believe me, goes through his email all the time. Uh, if you want to reach out to him directly, he has invited that. You know, to, in terms of uh, please be respectful. <laughs> Good faith conversations. I think that Isaac is open to that. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you know, so that, that that's what we're that's what's happening. Like you're gonna do an update in a, in a Friday, just like every every other update, uh, opening yeah. conversations, and you know, and talking about the cultural stuff. But you know, eventually, like the cultural stuff is going to end. It's good. It's coming. It's clocking down, and there's gonna be other conversations to come. Yep, yeah, we have lots of different conversations to to have in the future as well. All right. So, thank you. So yeah, next week. Next week. Yeah, we'll be talking about the, the timeline, but also I want to show people the new uh, character sheets and and all the stuff that comes along with that, which is really exciting. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Childress, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a great talk. All right. If you can change your mind, you can change the world. So until next time, lay everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.